Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here in the guest segment of our show. Thank you so much for staying with us. Really glad you could be with us here. This is the Common Sense Show, of course. And you know I'm Dave Hodges. We're the show that's freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And we're in just a minute going to be talking to the president of the New California Movement that yours truly is going to be out there covering as a member of the media at the end of this month. And uh, this movement's getting closer to fruition. A 51st state... And I know people are saying, ah, that'll never happen. We'll have Paul address that. Actually, it is going to happen. And it's a good offset to the uh, radical Democrats that are running California now. And uh, they're going to just be a shell of themselves when they're all done. So anyway, before we go to Paul, just wanted to mention to you that we've got some people that pay the bills here. You can hear them working in the background. And they are um, uh, (laughs) preparewithdave.com, best durable food company in the world, nearly 40% off for the two-month and our one-month and two-week. I'm tongue-tied here today, folks. i got to get myself in gear here. But this storable food um, is just tremendous. It's restaurant quality, tastes great. And in addition, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the sales are great. The 25-year shelf life is great. And if we're confined because of the virus, that ain't great, but you'll be ready. And there are a lot of people right now in Shenzhen starting tomorrow in Wuhan having gone on for a couple weeks that wish they had storable food. Don't be in that boat. Preparewithdave.com is the place to go. Also, coming out the other side of any crisis will be winners and losers. And if you have gold and silver, you'll be a winner because that's held its value for 6,000 years. If you keep all your money in the bank, well, you're probably going to lose. So the good people at Noble Gold can help you understand these conversions. They can convert your investments like IRAs into goldback IRAs. They can do a number of things for you. So you want to give them a call. Noble Gold can be reached at 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. Tell them Dave Hodges told you to call. And then finally, where you have food, you got to have water. And you won't have trouble finding standing water. You'll have trouble finding drinkable standing water. And the Alexa Pure Pro water filter is the best there is. The research is on the website, waterwithdave.com. There's no anecdotal testimonials. Oh, I love the product. No, no, there's data that shows you why this is better than every other one. And they're offering their product at 40% off. So rather than price gouging you in in a coming crisis, they're lowering their price. So go to waterwithdave.com. Okay, those are the people that pay the bills. Uh, With us in the green room here, as we say, is Paul Preston, the president of the New California Movement. Also, too, Paul is the host of Agenda 21 Radio, and I've been on that a time or two. And it's one of the most popular shows in digital radio. So, Paul, welcome to the show. I'm glad you could join us. Well, Dave, it's always nice to be back with everybody here with you in the common sense uh, department. (laughs) (laughs) I like that, the common sense department, yes. That's right, that's right. (laughs) What's up, Paul? What's going on in your world? Well, in my world is, of course, um, um, the the, the new California State Convention coming up here on the 28th and 29th, and we've asked uh, former uh, Governor um, Mike Huckabee to be our keynote speaker, and he's agreed he'll be here. Uh, at the convention on the 29th in San Luis Obispo at the Alex Madonna, that's the Alex Madonna Pavilion. If you're familiar with the Madonna Inn, he'll, uh, that's, uh, that's the location, but you go up the hill to a very, very nice uh, pavilion that they have up there, and it's a first-class uh, facility. We expect anywhere between five to 800 people 
So the tickets are going very quickly, as you can well imagine. And we also have Adam Housley of Fox News, Chris Ann Hall, the constitutional attorney. She'll be there both days uh, working with the gallery. In other words, educating everybody about the Constitution, which is an incredible forte that she has. She'll also address the audience about what to expect in terms of the constitutionality as we move forward to become the new state. We'll also be passing important legislation. Uh, as well as Chris Street, of course, uh, Mr. Maestro with the money. Uh, Chris Street is the vice president of uh, New California. He's also um, a prolific writer, writes for Epoch Times and been a writer for uh, Breitbart and a whole bunch of other, uh, you know, um, publications out there. He's also been an advisor to Jeff Sessions, still currently does do advising to Jeff Sessions. He's very close friends with Peter Navarro. You might recognize him. He works on China and trade with the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. So uh, he's going to be speaking. Of course, I'll be speaking, too. So we're, we got about four keynote speakers there that um, are going to be telling everybody about what's going on with New California. And, you know, we are actually making New California right before everybody's eyes. A little bit of rundown about where we are right now. We're well into the process of becoming a state. It's uh, gone very quickly over the last three years, but we really started in earnest about three years ago. We ended up uh, getting about 18 counties that wanted to go along with this, and then, uh, gee whiz, all of a sudden we got 24 counties. We declared independence on January 15, 2018. A worldwide phenomena took place for on Twitter for several days. We were number one worldwide. We knew we had a big hit. Uh, we then went on to start reading our grievances. We read 95 grievances over 96 weeks as part of our complaints and concerns about the failed state of California, uh, which is now resonating uh, all over the nation. We know that the president has read them, Jeff Sessions and um, uh, Mike P uh, Pompeo, uh, Barr, all these people have read our, our um, grievances, which are sp very specific to California and of course to the nation as well, because you have such things as sanctuary state issues. We've also managed to come together on five different occasions in constitutional convention. We've created our own state legislature, our own branch of of the judiciary and of course the executive branch. So we have three co-equal branches plus a bicameral legislature set up and we're passing, so far we passed 19 resolutions, we're gonna pass another six or seven at this convention plus three ordinances. We're actually governing and um, we're gonna be a state, uh, I suspect that by the end of summer, we'll actually have gone through the whole state process, Been the resolutions have been made on the table and we'll be moving on to the, uh, to the Congress for approval as a state within a year. Well, a little bit more than a year, about that time frame. Does the success of your movement hinge upon... Are you there, Dave? Yeah, I am here. Uh, sorry, I had a drop out there. My fault. Uh, does okay. the um, success of your movement hinge, at least in part, on winning back the House? Yes. I mean, there's no doubt that... Um, and, of course, the, the big windfall has been what has happened with the impeachment, and we all knew that he was going to be acquitted. Um, I didn't think that the, uh, actually, I, I did think that the fall of the House of Representatives would was imminent. Uh, what I didn't understand, I think that uh, it was going to be so precipitous, the fall. <laughs> I thought maybe you'd have a little bit of an incline on the hill there. But this is just like over the cliff. 
as far as, uh, and of course, what um, really helped it along was Nancy Pelosi getting up there and tearing up the president's speech the other night. Oh, yes. I said, that's it for them. There, There is no turning yeah. back. Um, the Democrats are in disarray, complete disarray. I think it's going to go through this way with the election. And I think that uh, when Bernie Sanders gets to be nominated, I'm just predicting when Bernie Sanders gets to be nominated, you have a socialist who the Democrats despise. And I think that that's going to have a negative impact on the way the elections play out in the general election altogether. I think, you know, their calculations that they've already probably plugged into all the election areas and all the polling places all throughout the states, their calculations are off. I think they've, they've, all the voting systems have been programmed for Joe Biden, and all of a sudden now you have a communist socialist in Bernie Sanders. What's, what do you do? Do you wipe out all that uh, – Information, all that data in those voting machines now take care of it, or would you hold off? I think every day that you hold off on the altering and changing back to some legal system of voting, they put themselves more in peril. So I think that uh, I think we're going to definitely sweep the house. I say 17 how 17 seats out of California. Um, they're going to pick up 17 more seats out of California. So it'll make it 24 out of California. Right now, we only have seven members in, in out of 53 seats in the, the California um, House of Representatives uh, contingent. So I say 17 seats, and it'll, it'll be up to 24. And that will put us over the top for statehood at that point. No question about it. That's that's uh, incredible. So I'm hoping I can get an invitation to the inauguration of your governor, whoever that's going to be. So uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I made no plans on running for governor. I haven't started calling you governor. I just said whoever that right. might be. Okay. Uh, I do think you got to figure prominently in, though, Paul. I really do. But you know what? When you run for election, you got to give up your radio show. I've learned those are the rules. Yeah. Well. Did you know that? <laughs> I don't know what rule that is, but... Uh. Oh, no, no. Listen, uh, Ernie Hancock, a uh, good friend of mine here in Phoenix, uh, Maricopa County, head of the Libertarian Party, he was running for, uh, oh gosh, uh, Secretary of State, I think it was, and he had a regular daily radio show. I know I used to guest host for him quite a bit, and uh, he said, come down and guest host a lot, Dave, because they're not going to let me do it while I'm running for election. So, yeah, it was an election law here. I, I suspect it's one everywhere. By the way, speaking of election laws, I'm sure you saw the eight indictments that came down for giving foreign money to Democratic candidates, including Adam Schiff and presidential candidate Amy Klochabar. And what's interesting, too, no one's talking about this, but I dug deep into the indictment uh, and forty seven hundred dollars went to every Democratic state committee. Uh, can they invoke RICO and could the Democratic Party be out of business because of this? You know, that's a really good question. I, I think the the question is going to come up um, and there's a there's another series of indictments, as I understand it, going forward that um, I really think that, yes, you probably could make a case for that. And I think that that may be what is going on right now in the mind of uh, Bill Barr. Who, by the way, um, these what you're talking about basically are open secrets that have been open secrets about this uh, foreign money. Um, there's been a, there's a lot more foreign money that's going to come out also, and uh, that's going to come out pretty soon, I think, with this whole um, business going on with the Ukraine. But yeah, I think that there's more to come out, and I think that um, that what you're going to see with the um, there's a number of other things going on with the the, the Democratic Party. 
you know, we can start talking about Seth Rich and all the other stuff that goes on there. Um, did you I see? Did you see the article I wrote about the FBI uh, holding the Seth Rich emails and the trail of death that followed these? Because Seth yeah. Rich didn't just find um, emails on the fixed election of 2016 against Bernie Sanders as the victim; he found stuff on Ukraine. Right. Right. And I, I was actually alluding to that. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up the whole thing about Bernie Sanders, because that's that's something that's really been deep with me about Bernie Sanders. And I'm not a Bernie supporter and I don't want people to walk away from this thinking that I'm a Bernie supporter. But I am a I am a supporter for fair play. There you go. And um, as, as, as my story goes, I was the guy calling out the fact out here in California in the primary, this primary in 2016 that we're having right now, which is actually in June of 2016. It was incredibly clear that Bernie Sanders was screwed uh, by the election system when they announced that Hillary Clinton, who, by the way, probably had 10 people come to any one of the crowd, any one of the, sh- the places where she went. I mean, there was no people. There were no people present it, when she came out to California. I mean, people don't didn't care for her. Nobody liked her in the state. And, of course, everybody loved on the Democratic side, Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And, of course, you didn't even have to go for anecdotal evidence because on every street corner for weeks before the primary, um, hundreds, thousands of people with Bernie Sanders signs, they, they were rejecting Hillary Clinton outright in California. It was an, a complete rejection. And um, I was driving at the time, I tell this story at the time, I was driving up and down the state all the way down to, uh, sometimes from Sacramento all the way down to Oceanside. And it was just everywhere for weeks before the primary. These people standing on corners like crazies. Um, and, you know, but they love Bernie Sanders. And, of course, he, he loses by three million, which was a complete farce and everybody knew it. And, of course, they gamed the election system. That was completely gamed, and everybody, you know, knew it. And of course, now, now you bring this up about Seth Rich because it was clear with Seth Rich that they had cheated him in California and other places. Oh, oh. the trail of death. Seth Rich is murdered, and I believe over these emails, he gave them initially to Gavin McFadden of um, 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 WikiLeaks. Sorry, and the right, brain aneurysm right. there. He died too, and he died too. And then, of course, uh, looking into this whole corruption was uh, Wisenhent, a federal prosecutor from uh, from the same district that uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz is from, and she was the DNC head that shared the server with Seth Rich that hacked the emails, and and he gets bludgeoned to death on the beach, and they declare it to be a suicide. So three right. murders over this deal. And then, by the way, Wasserman Schultz's brother, Steve Wasserman, killed the investigation in D.C. So, I mean, the fix is in. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the guy on the beach, he killed himself by beating himself to death. In the back of the head. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing how these things happen. I mean, this is <laughs> you can't make it up, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, listening to the show, uh, this is what we find. This, the Dave's found this. Every, a lot of people found other things part of this. And this is what you find when you put the whole picture together. It's it's almost out of the bizarre, but it's true. I mean, that's a. I think that's the biggest statement that we can always make about most of the things we find out today, Dave. Is you just can't make it up. Have you found that things that you covered four and five years ago are just coming into mainstream acceptance now? Yeah, yeah, and I I think it's politically 
receptive now. That's it. I was thinking about this a lot today because I kind of anticipated you'd ask the question because I have been whining. I've been a whiner on the radio for weeks. Now. Hey, we reported this stuff four or five years ago, and now it's back. It's news, and I'm going, it's not new news. This has been around. And uh, so I was sitting here thinking today, you know, um, just that the people, the public, has been so suppressed from this news and information, even though we reported it. Now, I've got listeners like you've got who remember all this. And so when I sit down and talk to them, they, they say, hey, yeah, they're right on target. They're totally understanding about what's going on. So you've got a large mass of people who totally get what we're talking about because, you know, over the years we've been in varying ways covering these stories with varying amounts of content. Now, I do have to say that the content is richer now today than it was in terms of all details, but clearly the basic working parts, we had pretty much the information on that and the corruption in the Ukraine going forward since uh, 2012 and 2013 when it all really started to pop out. So, and there's, there really should be no surprise about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and all the schemes and scams that have been going on around that. Shouldn't be any surprise. You know, there's and again, it's not to, you know, it's new with you, Dave, or me. This is old news. We're bringing it to light again because it's so relevant. You know, there's one person whose name never comes up and it should come up prominently, and that's John Brennan. <laughs> oh, yeah. John Brennan. John Brennan. Right. You know, um, I like to tell this story about John Brennan. When uh, John Brennan became uh, CIA director after Petraeus in the debacle, the so-called debacle at Benghazi, you know, he was pressed into service right away by Obama, and his first assignment duty was Ukraine, and basically to overthrow the Russian-leading government there and replace him with his Nazi buddies, his Nazi friends, and also his Muslim Brotherhood friends. So he goes off and basically creates the scenario for the government to fall and all this other good stuff. And he brings in a lot of uh, people to help him from outside other outside agencies. As you know, Dave, some of these outside agencies actually turn out to be state agencies from states in California <laughs> and other states, um, military agencies. And no one's we ever supposed to hold off. Aren't we supposed to hold off on disclosing this until later? Well, sure. Let's, we can do that. We can. No, no, I don't, no, I'm fine. If you want to say it. Well, if, you know, but then, but then it's not only that. It's it, you start to realize that there's a whole network, a whole web around about what John Brennan was doing and yes. how he was going about his business of overthrowing the Ukraine. And of course, all that network has been brought into play by a whole bunch of things, such as G Barisma and some mm. of these holding companies, which are nothing more than shells. And you know, why do we have money that's gone? that was uh, targeted and gone into Cyprus and it ends up in Latvia and then it just disappears. What, what's all, what's all, but then, then we find out Hunter Biden gets some big, huge loan where he's got, you know, $83 million loan that he's getting and he's getting paid for that loan. And of course there's, he doesn't have to pay the loan back. What's up with that? I mean, <laughs> but you know, we're getting the details about all that. Now we knew that this process was going on, but now more details are coming out and becoming more self-evident about the, the whole overthrow of the Ukrainian government, bringing about somebody who's a, a Nazi leader uh, under the eye, uh, uh, under the guise of John, or under the auspices of John Brennan and Barack Obama, and of course then the exploitation of our own government. See, part of the problem is that um, when money is being transferred into the Ukraine, 
it was all done electronically through the State Department, and it all goes to the Ukrainian government, supposedly. But some of that money, at least at one point we were hearing, and these are numbers that came up years ago, guys. With it, We didn't make it up now, but they were talking about $7 billion just, like, suddenly disappears. You know, where did that money go? Well, no one knows. But some of it went to, you got it, Hunter Biden. <laughs> we know that. And so the money laundering and everything else that happened with that, um, which is what right now you're seeing Rudy Giuliani come out with, starts to explain that. And then it starts to explain all the moving parts behind it. You know, you had to have some logistical supplies. You had to have a lot of, a lot of things moving around, a lot of moving parts to any time you want to overthrow uh, a sitting government and control the population, control the people. And that's exactly what it ended up with uh, John Brennan's mission. You know, one of the things when we were identifying what John Brennan was doing at the time on Agenda 21 Radio, somebody would keep attacking our website and only take down stories about John Brennan. <laughs> and, you know, to me, it was kind of like, well, that's a clue. <laughs> you know, know, something know. There. And, I, mean, I know you had the same problems. So, but, you know, again, that's years ago. And we look back at other history that's there. Now you got Adam Schiff involved. Now you got Nancy Pelosi, Paul Pelosi, a whole wide spectrum of people that are involved. And we didn't bring that about. You know, this is reporting that's been done for a long time in a lot of different areas. And um, there's going to be more. There's going to be more that's going to be brought out. And, of course, the Senate, as you know, Grassley is just all over this. And uh, they're going to be bringing out a lot more details that are, I'm sure, going to be reported to John Brennan. I'm, I'm pretty sure John Brennan knows those details already. Um, John Brennan is at the focal point of the overthrow of Ukraine. And I guarantee you, I don't know this yet. But, you know, you get a sense for a story. I wrote a story this last week where I detailed through mainstream media releases, I pieced together the puzzle that showed arms from Ukraine, pay-for-play, Clinton Foundation to large Ukrainian arm dealers, using the Awan brothers, go to Pakistan, and then into Iran. And guarantee you, Brennan was at the heart of it. Guarantee you. I just haven't connected it yet. Well, you know, one of the places, um, I have several sources in you know, one of the places that they've been looking at really hard now is, of course, WikiLeaks. And lo and behold, uh, WikiLeaks has just about every detail about any transaction that has gone on in Ukraine in this time frame. And it names names. It names personnel. It names uh, even Amazon billing addresses. And, of course, so... Uh, uh, some of these some of these individuals that were on active duty in the Ukraine during this time frame helping to overthrow a, a government that were actually state players, state military, which is kind of interesting. A governor was addressing and ca causing orders to be generated for somebody in a foreign land. Now, I want the people to, to grasp that because this network is in about 34 states around the nation 34 states have been influencing foreign policies in others in other countries by way of their governors shocking but this has been going on for a long time and of course it's uh, something that helped facilitate clearly benghazi it helped facilitate uh activities in morocco um in latvia in georgia and of course the ukraine big players in ukraine even up until February was it February 2000 February of 2017 right after uh, President uh, Trump was 
was inaugurated. These are just a few of the areas that are about to come out in Revelations. And by the way, listen, people, you can run, but you can hide. It, but you know, you can't hide because here's the deal: it's all public information. It's all out there. It's it, it's you know, it's on WikiLeaks. It's on uh, Wikipedia. It's it's it, it names names. It's got phone numbers and addresses. I mean, it's shocking the number of people, thousands of people. Uh, military people that are going to be implicated in this whole mess and they know it yeah and here's why i just love doing shows with you because we get to compare notes it's so cool the the day of the uh acquittal for the witch hunt um it was announced that senator grassley and johnson two separate committees were investigating hunter biden's travels to the secret service and they made demands for travel records aboard air force one and air force two so uh obama and Joe Biden, and they were looking at travel to Ukraine, and here's where it gets interesting, in China. Now, I I uncovered information, I've published it, that uh, Hunter Biden helped facilitate transfer of F-35 technology to the CHICOMs, but I think they're looking at something more recent. Oh, yeah. Do you have any inkling of what I'm talking about? Well, I think you've got uh, some missile technology, and I, I definitely think you've got some um, transfer of uh, uranium and, and that you know radioactive materials uh, just to start off. But I think you have some uh, stealth equipment and other things uh, that um, they've been transferring. I, it's going to all come down to Hunter Biden for sure, absolutely, and Joe Biden. I agree, and I think Clinton's pay for play and Clinton Foundation is involved in this, but. Yep. I'm even going to go a step further. To me, that's low-hanging fruit. I just got a feeling, first of all, the Chinese aren't good bioweapons experts. I think they had help to do what they're mm-hmm. doing. I mean, any any I know it's speculation, but you got Biden and he know he transfers technology to China. I, any chance you think he's behind or the Democrats in somewhere behind uh, bioweapons transfer to China? I believe absolutely that they're behind it, and I think that uh, they lose use a lot of, of facilitating uh, agencies uh, to help them along. And I think that uh, when you start to take a look at these military organizations that states have established, they're well, well, well beyond the constitutional authorities uh, going to other states. And the governors have been giving, giving orders, military orders, um, over the that's apparently supersede the president in a foreign country. You know, what's wrong with that picture? And, you know, there's been, we know that there's been arms smuggling and smuggling of all sorts activated and, and promulgated by these agencies. They've used the Allied ma- uh, mailing system, you know, Allied you know, uniform mailing system, whatever it's called, I can't remember the name of it, um, to facilitate a lot of this. And, um, you know, it, it, it's prompted investigations in a lot of ways, and some of these investigations on the states, the United States have been, uh, stymied, obviously, by state government. But when you have a sitting governor such as Jerry Brown giving orders to people in other countries acting on his military behest and not the president, you've got a problem. That's a violation. Problem. That's a violation of the Logan Act. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's treason. It's flat out treason. It's clearly a felony. And, you know, you've got a lot of arms. And you, you, let's go to Benghazi. You know, that's something I know of because I've interviewed those guys. You know, we, you know, we spent a lot of time, Chris Street and I, figuring that whole thing out. And we were, you know, somewhat thanked and so on by the producers of the movie uh, 13 Hours for our help. 
uh, you know, we knew what was going on with the first 18 hours, which, which, by the way, has not deviated from the movie or other things that have facts and information that have come out. But, you know, when you have an active military group from the state of California in Tripoli one month before Benghazi, and they're a military group, let's be very, let's be very clear, they're an activated state military group. When they've got, when they're over there one month before Benghazi happens, and what we're hearing is that they were gathering up weapons to be shipped off to Turkey, 800 tons worth, to Turkey, and then Benghazi happens, and then Christopher Stevens, a Californian, I might add, gets killed. I mean, you, you have to start wondering, you know, where did that order come from? Well, that order came from Jerry Brown. You can't make this stuff up. And then they send off 40 people, 40, 40 of the members off to Niger. So this is one month before Benghazi. And of course, we all know the progression of how they brought security and took security away from, you know, the uh, the compound and also where, where Christopher Stevens was. It was a clear setup for an assassination. And why is that? Why did they did want to kill Stevens? Did Christopher know about the California Military Reserve and orders by Jerry Brown? Uh-huh. That's, wow, that's pretty controversial. Let me tell you what I've got on that organization. I know they were in Ukraine in 2014. They were there as per a NATO document. Right. Um, we can only speculate as what they did. But what makes you think they were in Libya? Well, in Tripoli, we know we well. We have the orders. Oh, you do. <laughs> it's all on Wikipedia. It's all on Wikipedia. Oh, it is. Okay, all right. I mean, either Wikipedia or WikiLeaks. Yeah, they're public source documents, guys. Okay. <laughs> you can't make it up. This is stuff that's just out there in the public. People just have to look. Now, I know what they're going to do. They're going to sit down there in Sacramento and try to plug every leak they can get. It's done, guys. Forget it. It's over. We, we know about the whole scam and the whole system, and it's just all going to come down on you. And, it's, and listen, that's your own doing. This, these are public documents. We are not the only researchers who've looked into this. You know, now that all of a sudden other people, it's spreading. It has spread. You know, it's not, hey, they've done it to themselves. There was a reason why Jerry Brown was elected for a third and fourth term. You know, that's something else people don't realize. Jerry Brown... He had a first term as governor in the 70s to the 80s, back-to-back terms. And again, what's really interesting is that during that time frame, Jerry Brown and the California Military Reserve all of a sudden, bink, popped up on the world stage. Hmm. Shocking. Now, why is that? And then it became most active during, of course, his third and fourth term as governor from 2009 or 2011 on to 2019. I just, you know, and then you got Gavin Newsom who's given the orders today. Hmm, interesting. And I thought it was uncon. and this is a point I raised in a, a, a video I did. Uh, I thought it was unconstitutional for a military organization to exist that the end point for authority is the governor and not the president. Is that correct? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, the the guy who gives the orders is the president uh, and any international, but you're actually dispatching through the California government a contingent of military folks to go to another country. 
under state orders. Violation, yeah, violation of the Logan Act again. Yeah, and they're, they're going to say this for training and all this stuff, but, and they all match, they all disguise it as training, but when you get down to it, it's more than training in a lot of these circumstances, way more. Well, I issued a public request for anyone on their show, uh, that organization, I should say, to come on my show and defend the constitutionality of the arrangement that they operate under, because I don't think they're constitutional from what I see. And so I'll add these to the question list should they decide to take me up on that offer. Because I don't want to convict people unfairly, but as you say, no. there are documents on Wikipedia, WikiLeaks. I found the one in NATO on Libya. Um, they're clearly operating outside the United States. And for what purpose? Well, I'm not sure I know, but I'd like to ask them. Well, you know, um, if if what we're saying is not true, straighten us out and tell the truth. That's what I'm saying to them. Exactly what I'm saying. Because the roads, I mean, the evidence tends to lead us down to a suspicious road. And and I want to give them the opportunity to come on my show, and I'm sure you'd welcome them too, and tell their side of the story and be ready to answer some hard questions. Right. Uh, And, you know, just an answer, of course, they, you know, they try and, and, um, they're they're not good at being honest, so you know there you go. But, but let them be. Let them come on, and and um, I'll more than happy to let them have the time to do that. <coughs> absolutely, okay. absolutely. Yeah, they. I, when I first ran, my concern when I showed how they were involved in Ukraine. They were livid. Least members were. We've never been to Ukraine. That's not what the document says. We've never. And I got total denial. And then when I said, come on the show and talk about it. Silence. Silence. Well, you know, and they've got, there's other parts of this. It's just, you know, um, they give uh, former retired people, retired military individuals who come to become part of the California Military Reserve. And uh, they, they give them various ranks and and they get extra pay and all this other good stuff. And pretty soon they realize they're double dipping and it, the money is good, really good. And I mean, it's a scam. That's the other part of it is the money scam. And I, I don't want to take up a lot of time talking about the money scam. That's just something that's going to come out. And it has been coming out. It actually has been investigated several times by the Sacramento Bee and other agencies in 2006 with the Air Reserve and, and all that other thing. So, yeah, it's... um. It's quite a, a little thing going on, and I don't um, I don't see them escaping it because it's all out there. And like I said, WikiLeaks has it. The detail that's in, that it gets down to the names and the fo- home phone numbers. We've checked into some of the addresses, and like, oh my god, um, these are people that are your neighbors next door type thing. And um, but it's literally thousands of people who have been involved, and um, pretty soon they're going to start talking to you know probably Bill Barr and his group. And that's not our doing. That's just, you know, a lot of this stuff is prompted by, um, we go and take a look at the investigations that are ongoing or we find out that there's an investigation and then we go and look for ourselves and it's like, holy moly. And some of this, Dave, is right there in front of your face. You can't deny it. I mean, it's not that we're just doing, we're super sleuthy, it's there. You're, you're describing what we find a lot in a lot of research that we do is if you know where to look, first of all, 80% of all intelligence is open source. And if you know where to look, it's easy to find and to, to interpret. Yeah. 
Well, I think that um, to, to move away from that organization now for a second, um, let me ask you a question here. And, and, and I know you're going to thoughtfully consider your answer. I'm going to say some names and I'm going to ask you if they're capable of a deed. Assuming my hypothesis is correct about Hunter Biden and the potential transfer of bioweapons to China. Nancy Pelosi, Dianne Feinstein, and uh, good old Adam Shifty Schiff. Do you think that they're capable of doing such a horrific thing to their own citizens? Oh, yeah. I think... Um... You have some people that are really desperate, and I think that these people are um, could possibly be set to do disastrous things, and you know, very evil things to to um, Americans. I, I don't believe they uh, care for America or Americans. Uh, you know, we've seen the result of it. I'm, I'm speaking as a Californian, and why we're doing all in New California. I mean, people need to understand this is. Um, out in, this is a life and death struggle for the survival of this new California state and, and the people who live in California. Uh-huh. These people are reckless. They don't care about life. They don't care about uh, any anything that goes on in this state relative to the citizens. They don't care. They'll do anything to remain in power, anything. So you think that perhaps... Well, let me give you one operating theory that's out there, and some of the intelligence community have brought this forward to me. They they think the Chinese released a bioweapon on themselves, plausible deniability, but the real goal is America, and they want to thin out their own population anyway. And if they can bring the virus to America and cause economic destabilization, maybe they help get Trump unelected because they take away his major campaign chip, which is uh, the economy. The Democrats and, and their cronies in Ukraine would be all too happy to help that because this is their last ditch effort to, to gain control of the White House. Is this lunacy, conspiracy theory talking, or do you think there's any legitimacy to it? Well, let's see, and I want to put this in perspective, is that we have just seen a continuation of three years of uh, at least three different attempts to have a coup d'etat against the sitting president of the United States, who, by the way, has weathered all of them. Uh, What makes you think, what makes anybody think, they wouldn't do something even stupider as to do something such as with a bioweapon and cause massive death. Uh, that is something, by the way, we have been hearing about as part of their plan for years. And it goes back to this, you know, we here we are now, it's it's relevant, it's 2020. I thought maybe, I thought it was really relevant in 2013 and 14 when we were actually talking about this. But here we go, the, the stage has been set for a lot of different things, including the coronavirus. Um, and the number of deaths and so on. But, you know, a lot of people don't understand. We had Chris Street on the, on the show on, on Friday to talk about a number of things. One, coronavirus, the number of deaths and what's been going on. He's a specialist in China. He works with, uh, you know, um, Peter Navarro and, and so on. So then he goes to China quite a bit. But he, he brought up a couple of interesting points. You know, you could really help to stem this whole disease if the Chinese would just wash their hands. He says 23% of the population don't wash their hands. Well, you know, most of the, the, the viruses we're discovering is actually spread through contact. So even doorknobs, you can find the virus on. He, he brought up something that was really stunning. He says, don't be buying anything from Amazon because the two-day shipment 
from China, you don't know where the hands have been for the products that have been handled. You could still have the coronavirus on those products. Oh, my God. And that's a fact. Think about that. I I mean, that's just absolutely stunning. But, you know, he goes on to make a further point in that um, the Chinese uh, supply chain uh, for manufacturing and so on has been completely shattered. Yes. You know, when this whole thing broke open, they had a three-week holiday coming up. And, well, and normally what happens is that these manufacturers and, and industry giants, they, they build up an inventory of at least three weeks inventory so that the supply chain is not disrupted worldwide. Because, you know, you have products and parts of products that come to this country, they get reassembled and so on. Um, and in any breakage in that supply chain means, you know, economic distress like crazy. Well, the problem is, is that we now have the they've eaten up the three week supply chain. Now you have all of your workers being sequestered in their apartments. You know, the way they do business there is that they bring in people from the rural areas of China and they put them in stack and pack housing. You know, 12, 30, 12 to 30 story buildings where that's where the employees work. And it's like a, a, a company town where this built, big building houses thousands of people who don't wash their hands and they go off to work every day in the factories. Well, because of the disease now, they have not been able to go to work and produce the, you know, the products that they need for the supply chain. So now you've got a double whammy. They've used up three weeks supply chain that they did for the vacations, and now they got nothing because the employees can't go to work. So we're going to start to see here in this country real disruptions in supply chains for products, and that's going to be a big, big negative, not just on us, but it's certainly going to be a negative on China. But for New California, by the way, it's a wonderful thing because what that does is it puts California out of debt quicker or into debt quicker and out of business quicker and uh, means that New California will start to rise to the surface as an option, a viable uh, option, economic option to California. And that's where Trump, I believe, will start to declare the Insurrection Act against California. I think you're right. And uh, great minds think alike, Paul, because this morning I did a podcast on, uh, actually it was yesterday I did it last night, excuse me, on the supply chain chaos is what I called it. And I said, so many of the workers can't go to work. The factories are shutting down. And you know what one of the major industries is? We get a lot of our medicine from China. Mm -hmm. That means that diabetics or people on heart medication or whatever it would be um, are going to have trouble getting a lot of their medications. That's right. Wow. That's exactly right. And so we're in for the rocky road. You know, I remember when we were talking about the Oroville Dam and what that would do to supply chain if they wiped out the you know the northern part of the Central Valley all the way down to Sacramento and you disrupted Interstate 5 and 80 and 15 and 50. Um, what that would be like is a disaster for the rest of the United States. And, and of course, then the, the loss of food for the rice producing area. Um, this is something that would rival that. So the question is, you know, is there gonna be a loss of the Orville Dam? That's another part of the, the equation because clearly the, the spillway, which they've all been touting as something that's super safe and they fix is leaking like a sieve. It's got major issues. Yeah. The substrate soil that it sits on, it's been pummeled by all the, um, the, you know, the explosives that they use to move rock around, which it should never have done. Um, so they, they have, uh, the water level hasn't risen up to the spillway yet, but it's moving there. And of course it's leaking like a sieve, like a sieve. 
I mean, there's no hiding it now. They just can't even hide it, and they can't stop it. So um, you've got a fragile spillway. I, I suspect that if they want to pull the plug on that, they'll do so in the springtime when the water, uh, the snow melt catches up to the water level. Um, and if there's some sort of political motivation for them to bring the spillway down and flood the area, that we do, they would do that. I don't put anything past these people. They're ruthless monsters. You know, it's funny. You, you're like reading my mind several times tonight. My last question tonight was going to be about hmm. are the Democrats desperate enough to basically do something to cause the Oroville Dam to fail before the election? Well, um, what was very, very clear is that they were very eager under Jerry Brown's tenure to actually make it happen. That there's no doubt they were they were caught off guard by a county sheriff who stepped up and pulled like as he said, I pulled the big red lever and saved two million lives. And he did. Yes. This time it's more of a planned approach uh, to this destruction of this spillway. And uh, it's very, very clear the spillway is in danger right now. They, yeah, they spent upwards of $2 billion to, tr- quote, try and fix it, and they ruined it. It's not repairable. They have to tear it all the way down to restart it. Right now, it's extremely dangerous. It's leaking like a sieve. They can't run water over the top of it. Um, if they do, they, they, you know, they would violate its integrity. It would, it would eat up that dam in 30 minutes. So you're saying this could have a spillover effect, uh, pun intended, to the dam and cause the main part of the dam to fail. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh huh. Yeah. Wow, that is, man. And we've covered the destruction before, but you, two million people. Yeah, that's. Uh, I agree with that. And the destruction of so much food supply, stopping the retail crossing, you know, uh, over California. Yeah, I mean, we've been through that. Um, and and you just wonder, would they do this to stop the election? Do you think this could stop the election with this kind of catastrophe? I think so. I But I think what's going to happen is I think that uh, the Trump administration, you got to remember something that happened here just, um, you know, a little, little uh, two days ago, is that Mike Pompeo came out as the Secretary of State, and for the very first time ever, spoke to the Council of Governors, and he warned them about Red China. And he came out and told them point blank that these people have infiltrated your states, and they have basically, they've got ill intent, and many of these governors know it. And he, he called them out and said, you know, you can't let this happen to your state, that the, the political whims of a of a nation working through surrogates in your own state, modifying your policy, having an impact on not just your state policy, but federal policy, is not in the best interest of the United States. He and, and of course, you could see them all sitting there. It was really kind of interesting. These governors were sitting there looking at him like, yep, you know, you're telling us exactly what we do know. And yep, if we keep talking to the uh, communist Chinese, yep, they're going to destroy this country. You could just see it on their faces. So the first time in this nation's history, Mike Pompeo called him out on the communist Chinese threat. In no place is it more of a threat than in California. Because everybody in California, in the political positions that they're in, are sold out to either the communist Chinese or to the Mexican cartels. Almost every politician in Sacramento, if you're an assembly member or if you're a senator and clearly the governor, is beholding to these people. It's corruption upon corruption upon corruption. 
And for the first time in American history, Pompeo called him out on it for the very first time. It, to me, it's, uh, that, that was epic. I think this is uh, setting a tone. I think that in the next, uh, by April, I think we're going to have a major, major series of events that are going to occur. They're going to put a stop to the Chinese, going to put a stop to all this craziness in California. And by the way, the, uh, the liberals and the extremists will be running for cover if they already haven't found cover in a jail cell. You know what makes sense now that I brought up earlier? The uh, foreign payments to state Democratic na- uh, committees. This yep. gives this gives leverage to act against the Democrats right there because it's the Democrats that are in bed with the Chicoms. Them and right. Mitt Romney, uh, include Mitt Romney. Oh, By the way, Utah is looking to recall him. Right. No. Pierre anyway. Delecto. Oh, I Isn't know. Isn't Pierre Pierre Delecto? What they call him? Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, I, I think you're on to something here. And I, I, I looked, and I was going to actually write an article about this, and I probably still will, that I really felt that uh, Oroville was the um, doomsday weapon. Right. We're in a doomsday scenario right now with the virus. But uh, I don't think this is the kill shot. I think the kill shot for America economically will be the collapse of the Oroville Dam. And I saw them possibly using this, as I said earlier, to stop the election. Now, mm-hmm. could they force that? Because see, Trump could say, despite the terrible catastrophe, we'll delay the election a week, okay, but we're still going to have the election. Isn't that what you'd expect to have happen? Well, um, I, I think there may not be an election, period. I think that there's going to be widespread declaration of, an, of the um of the Insurrection Act in many states in, in the United States in the near future. That's what I believe. Can Trump stay because in office of under those circumstances? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be welcomed. Is it legal? Uh, because of the problems. That it's legal. Absolutely, it's legal to do that. And he'll have cause and reason to do it. Um, and just take a look at what's going on in California. You know, one of the things, a lot of people, let's go back to the Orville Dam for a second to show you how sinister these people are. You know, when I was uh, going through the crisis that night on the 12th of February, 2017, and I was trapped. I was trapped in the studio. I was behind this microphone, like I am right now, different microphone, the old microphone. But I was behind the microphone, and I was talking to people, and people were calling me, and we were kind of sorting out what the deal was because I was trapped in my house. I couldn't get out because the traffic was so bad and everything. And so... Um, uh, you know, I get a call from, I'm getting calls from people in Norville, from the sheriff's department to police and so that who knew me. I'm listening to scanners. I'm doing this. And, and finally, I get a call from somebody who's in the Orville Dam itself. Who's in the Orville Dam and uh, down inside the Hyatt power plant. And he goes, Paul, he says, Paul, Paul, they just left with 31 trucks. And I'm like going, yeah. And of course, the you know, I'm so, just kind of rattling around. Yeah, yeah. He says, well, they left and they took the atomic bombs with them. Yeah. They left with the atomic bombs. I've and I'm like this. going, I've said, you know, of course, <laughs> it's atomic bombs. I mean, yeah. after Paul, all Paul, stuff Paul, going Paul, hold on. it right there just for a second. I'm sorry. To our radio listeners on Global Star, we've got a break here. You can hear the rest of this on the CommonSenseShow.com. To everybody else, you know, uh, well, we're going to stay with it. Uh, Paul, go ahead about the atomic bombs. Sorry. 
anyway, so come to find out, it was was not atomic bombs, but they were taking out what are known as the ADMs, atomic demolition munitions. And this is something that's widely used um, in dams to prevent invasions is to uh, have these ADMs or atomic demolition munitions. They detonate them, they destroy the dam, and then it would destroy the oncoming uh, military. That was something that they came up with during the Cold War. And, of course, in, the, in Germany, it was widely used. You had these ADMs that were brought in and out of dams and bridges and so on. Um, so they're atomic demolition munitions. They're not as big as uh, a scale in, in terms of an atomic bomb itself, but they do create huge craters in the ground. And certainly five or six of these ADMs would really toast the, the, the Orville Dam. I think that what they're going to do, and I said this at the time, I think the speculation for me is it makes a lot of sense that they lose the spillway first, and then in the chaos of it all, they detonate the ADMs to bring the whole dam down. Mm-hmm. That's what I think they'll do. They'll, if I was to look at it and you know, if I had ADMs available, and um, again, ADMs is supposed to have been a top secret thing. We broke the top secrecy veil that night when we found that out. And, um, you know, we have multiple confirmations of, of the use of the ADMs in these dams all throughout California. So you could have an, an incident of multiple ADMs being detonated throughout the whole water system of California flooding the valley. And that would do untold um, disaster to the economy of California and the nation. Yeah, I forget the percentage, but a high percentage of... Uh of agriculture comes out of California for the rest of the nation. I mean, isn't it like 30%? No, it's like 60%. It's a huge number, especially rice, if you're talking about export rice. Mm -hmm. We're one of the largest producers in the world of of rice here in this area. In the world. The largest concentration of bees, honeybees, and queen bees is found in this area. uh, The largest queen bee provider is Stanchions right down the street from me, actually, that produces the largest number of queen bees for the world for export. And then, of course, the other part of that is um, the the queen bees. All all the beehives, by the way, in the western United States are brought into this area at this point in time. So you could lose the entire population of bees – that would be for producing fruit and, you know, uh, that sort of thing, um, between now and the end of March, if they were to be flooded. And there would be nothing left but the sons of bees in the Democratic Party. (laughs) Sorry about the levity, but yeah, I mean, that's more true than we realize. But this, wow, this is, um, let me ask you one more question along the lines of loss. What percentage of the nation's imported retail crosses through California to the rest of the nation? Do you, you know? know, you've got the Port of Los Angeles, of course, which, by the way, has been diminishing quite a bit by, by the fact that the Chinese market has not been producing as much. But you have the Port of Los Angeles, you have the Port of, um, well, formerly Port of Long Beach, which is going to be part of New California, I might add. And then, of course, um, Oakland. So. You know, you're talking coming across from Asia, probably fifty, good forty to fifty percent of all commerce in the United States. That's it. And again, you, it, where it's impacting and what's happening is the supply chain. That discussion comes into play now too, because there's, as we know now, there's lack of supply chain. If we destroy the supply chain, 
because of some act of so-called God, you know, then that becomes even more bigger, more problematic. This is more than problematic. Well, Paul, my friend, we are flat out of time here, but I I see that. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to give you. Well, we ran over for Global Star, but for our other affiliates, we're just fine. But I wanted to give you yet thirty seconds to tell people how to follow you. Well, um, NewCaliforniaState.com, NCS51, those are the two website addresses, NCS51.com. We have the convention coming up. Uh, Mike Huckabee is going to be out here for the convention. It's going to be a great sixth New California State convention. Of course, Agenda21Radio.News or A21R.com, those two, uh, that's the website for the Monday through Friday live programming from uh, 9 a.m. to noontime East Coast time on Red State Talk Radio. And on that note, we got a bit of do, Paul. Fantastically interesting stuff. Thanks for being gracious with your time. See you at New California.